Amen. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, I want you to notice what happened here. He touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said to them, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, what is thy name? And he said, Wherefore is it that thou shouldest ask of my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen the face God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. I want you to notice this part. And he halted upon his thigh. Now that's where we stop and we spend most of our attention. Amen. And, and when we get to Bible study, we'll probably be right about this point, And we'll talk about that portion. But we usually don't focus at all in verse 32. Verse 32 says something really interesting. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Another translation puts it this way. That is why. Everybody say it. That is why. That is why, to this day, the Israelites do not eat of the sinew which is attached to the socket of the hip. On any of the animals that they eat, they don't eat that part. They ignore it. They let that part go. This is why, or that is why, because he, he speaking of the angel, struck the socket of Jacob's hip near the attached sinew. Amen. That is why. To this day, the Israelites do not eat the sinew which is attached to the socket of the hip. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read some more scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 35 and verse number 2. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 35 and verse number 2. God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah, and he gives him another object lesson of what he's going to do. And he says, Go unto the house of the Rechabites, and speak unto them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. This is a prophet of God being given a word from God to take wine to these people. Now I want you to notice the next part, verse number 5. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups, and I said unto them, Drink ye wine. Notice their response. But they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. You are reading a, a, an excerpt of Jeremiah, who is talking to the descendants of of Rechab 
Amen. These are these are several several generations past. We are now moving into uh, the Israel that has uh, moving into exile. They're they're in that mid exile. They haven't quite gone, and and it is here, uh, really really hundreds and hundreds of years later that these people are saying we will not drink wine because our heritage goes all the way back to a man by the name of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, who said, we will not drink wine. Verse number 18. Thank you for standing. I just wanted to read a lot of scripture. So if I don't preach good, you got something good. Amen. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 35 and verse number 18. And Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father and kept all his precepts and done according to all that he hath commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever because you held to your convictions. Because you would not compromise your convictions that did not even originate with you. They originated in a generation before you even existed. Amen. He said, you will always have a place in my courts, in this house, in the house of God, forever. How many wants that kind of blessing in your life, over your family? Amen. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Creating convictions creating convictions would you set down your bibles and would you lift up your hands and help us pray here today oh come on hallelujah lord i pray today for the convictions of the holy ghost to move all across this room i pray for all of our good saints of god that are not feeling well that are watching online i pray that even in their home there would be amen a spirit of conviction that would fill that home god amen lord i'm praying lord as we dedicate and consecrate i pray lord that we would also amen bring and create convictions tonight that would help us to stay in the house of the lord forever in jesus wonderful name and everybody said amen Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Amen. Creating convictions. Amen. We had our business meeting last Wednesday night, but the Wednesday before that, I felt to preach, and I preached and talked about consecration and that we need to do some housekeeping, which is where we... Start removing things from our lives and from our minds and from our families and from our homes. Removing those things out of the house and out of the house of God that do not please God. I think it's important that we are people that are consecrated enough to remove things out of our lives that don't please God. But I felt very strongly to do and to preach the other side of the coin. Tonight, I want to talk to us about adding convictions into our lives that please God. Consecration is the act that removes things that are unholy, that are unrighteous from our lives. But it is conviction that adds in things that are good into our lives. Amen. In fact, we are people of convictions. 
John 16 and 8 in the ESV reads it this way, speaking of the Holy Ghost, which if you are a New Testament believer, you will have been somebody that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The ESV says in John 16 and 8, and when He comes, when the Holy Ghost comes, He will convict the world concerning sin. Everybody say sin. Righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. And judgment. Everybody say judgment. One of the key functions of the Holy Ghost is to convict us. I thank the Lord that when I feel the Holy Ghost, I get, I get those goosebumps. And I thank God that when I feel the Holy Ghost, I feel joy unspeakable and full of glory. I thank God that when I got the Holy Ghost... I spoke in another language that I did not know. I thank the Lord that when I got the Holy Ghost, I spoke in other tongues. But I want to tell you what I'm most thankful about when I got the Holy Ghost is the convicting power that comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to tell you, if you say that you've got the Holy Ghost and you have not been convicted... I would question whether or not you have received the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says that when the Holy Ghost will come, it will convict you of sin. Amen. It will convict you of righteousness and it will convict you of judgment. Let me help you understand what that means. When the Holy Ghost convicts us of sin, it is convicting us what not to do. Amen. I'm thankful that when I got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came by and started telling me, stop doing that. Stop going there. Stop hanging out with those people. Stop watching that. Stop listening to that. Amen. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost telling you, amen, what not to do? Amen. Like a good parent that says, don't touch that. You'll burn yourself. Don't go there. Amen. It'll cause heartache. I thank the Lord for all the times he spared me because he convicted me before. Amen. I ever went and did such and such. Uh, the Holy Ghost convicted me beforehand and He saved me from a lot of pain. He saved me from a lot of sin. He saved me from a lot of heartache. Yes, Anybody thankful for that here tonight? Yeah. But the Holy Ghost does not just convict you of what not to do. He will convict you of righteousness. That's the Holy Ghost convicting you of what you need to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I know some folks that the only uh, depth of the Holy Ghost they got is what not to do. Amen. I can tell somebody's Christian maturity based on how they live for God. Well, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't go here, and I don't go there, and I don't watch this, and I don't drive. I, I thank God for all the things that the Lord convicted you not to do. Amen. But I can tell somebody's mature in their walk with God when they can start standing flat-footed, and they can say, the Holy Ghost told me to go here. The Holy Ghost told me to do this. The Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Holy Ghost won't just tell you what not to do. It'll convict you as strongly as it convicts you what not to do. As strongly as it convicts you against sin. The Holy Ghost will convict you just as strongly. This is what you ought to do. This is the way you ought to go. This is the way you ought to live. This is the way you ought to pray. This is the way you ought to worship. This is the ought. Somebody ought to give him praise here tonight. The Holy Ghost, if you are a mature Christian, I want to tell you, it's just like kids. When you have little kids, the first word they learn is the word no. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. But you are not doing your job as a parent if all you tell them is no. 
You need to start learning how to tell them yes to other things. Instead of, no, we don't do this, tell them, yes, we do that. I, I, I know I've been saved long enough. I've met enough Christians, uh, apostolic people, that they, well, I don't do this. Okay, wonderful. I know what you're against, but are you mature enough to tell me what you're for? I came to preach tonight to somebody. Amen. I know, I know you're against sin, but what righteousness are you for? I know you're against Hollywood and entertainment, but what good are you for? Amen. I still stand on all those things we're against. Amen. But I know apostolic people that the only way they can tell people, amen, that they're apostolic is by what they're against. Amen. But brothers and sisters, we're not just apostolic in what we're against. We're apostolic in what we are for. We're not just apostolic in the sins we're against. We're apostolic in the righteousness that we're for. Hallelujah. I'm against entertainment and I'm against worldly music, but I want to tell you, I'm for praise and worship. I'm for coming to church. I'm a somebody, hallelujah. You need to let the Holy Ghost convict you about what's right. Hallelujah. Amen. We we really need this in the apostolic movement. I know people, I know preachers, all they can preach about is what they're against. I hope you've seen I'm not that kind of preacher. I will tell you what I'm against because it's important for you to know. But more importantly, the Bible says train up a child in the way that they should go. That means when they see a a fork in the road, you don't just point out, well, that's the bad way. Because you're just training them all the bad ways. You do need to tell them that's the wrong way. But instead, it's a proactive thing. Where you start saying, this is the way we ought to go. Amen. If you ever find yourself in this kind of position, this is the direction that you ought to go. Amen. And then finally... It will convict the world of judgment. That is to know the difference between the right and the wrong. It is that judgment that says, well, this is, I don't know if this is a heaven or hell type situation. I don't know if this is sin or this is right. This is what we call the gray areas. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you know, there's some people, well, show me chapter and verse. I'm, I'm getting somewhere here tonight. Well, pastor, show me chapter and verse and where it says, thou shalt not smoke crack. I can't show you a Bible verse because they hadn't invented it yet. <laughs> In fact, i got a lot of things that I, I tell you not to do or we're against, and I have a lot of things we're for that I don't have Scripture for. Why? Because they, they weren't invented yet. But this is where the Holy Ghost will convict you of judgment. It's when you walk into a situation and you don't exactly know, is this a, is this a sinful thing or is this a righteous thing? You know, there's a lot of things in life that are not black and white. There's a lot of things in life that are gray. Amen. They're not right. They're not wrong. And you need the Holy Ghost to tell you and to teach you and to convict you and to help you navigate in those areas. When you're on the job and you're in a situation and it's questionable, you don't know if it's right, if it's wrong. Amen. It's a gray area. You need the Holy Ghost to direct your steps and to order your steps. And as convicted as you are about the wrong things and as convicted as you are about doing the right things, there's going to be a lot of gray areas. You need convictions in where nobody didn't the pastor didn't tell you what to do the church didn't tell you what to do you can't find chapter and verse but the holy ghost i came to preach to somebody the holy ghost convicts you and in that moment in that gray area you just say i don't know about what everybody else is doing but as for me and my house this is a to you it's a gray area but as for me and my house the holy ghost has convicted me I fear that we are missing conviction in the apostolic church. 
I fear that there's people in this church that are missing convictions. And this is why the Holy Ghost sent me to teach you here today. Amen. I want to just talk to somebody about conviction. A conviction is something that you purpose in your heart. Amen. The courts say that the, the modern courts here in America say that a conviction is not something you merely discover. One day you wake up and you're just like, well, I, I just choose that this is what it's going to be. No. And, and, and it's not one of those things that, well, I'll make a decision and I'll be convicted in a moment when all of a sudden everything comes against me. That's when I'm going to discover my convictions. I'm going to wait until the whole world shuts down because of a virus and then I'm going to decide what my convictions are. Hallelujah. There's a lot of folks that did that. They started making up their convictions at the last minute. Amen. They hadn't prayed to get a conviction beforehand, but they started making up convictions in that moment. Amen. That's not the time. The courts don't say, well, you just made up a conviction tonight. No, it's something that you purpose in your heart. It's not something that you accidentally arrive to. It's something that you purpose in your heart. It is, a, it is in the fabric of your belief system. Now, can I just talk to somebody? Crisis does not define a man. Crisis reveals what that man already is well I'm just going to wait until I, until I get into a hard moment and then I'll make my decision and then I'll get convictions you cannot wait until you're in a difficult moment to come up with a conviction you cannot get into the because you may not have time to pray about it you may not have time to fast about it you may not have time to study about it I want to tell you you've got to do what Daniel did he said before the king puts food in front of me I purpose in my heart we're not eating that we're not touching that. I want to talk to somebody who need to get convictions to the level that says I'm not waiting until I'm in a compromising situation to make up what I believe. I purpose in my heart a long time ago. This is what I'm for. This is what I'm against. And this is the way that I'm going to go. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God some praise. Amen. You can't wait until crisis. You have, you know, I, I really, you know, I get it. Some people, they, they wait until, they wait until crisis comes and then they start saying, well, now this is what I believe. That's not how this works. You know, if you can't, if you can't believe it in peacetime, it's going to be very difficult for you to believe it in war. Amen. And I don't have time to talk about it. I, I, I've talked about it and preached about it and taught about it before. But, but there, there's, there's levels of conviction. There are levels in which you, you develop these convictions. And, and even the U.S. government has criteria. You can't just say, well, uh, I'm, I have a religious belief about whatever, and you make it up. You can't do that. Amen. There are certain levels. First and foremost, uh, amen, if you are not afraid of peer pressure. I mean, if your friends cannot pressure you, I'm just going to talk about this real quick. If your friends cannot pressure you, it's a conviction. If, if there is a fin financial situation, amen, that can't, if the courts say, well, we're going to, we're going to fine you and you say, go ahead and fine me. It doesn't matter to me. You can charge me whatever you want to charge me. I believe this. Uh, amen. They say, okay, they got two out of the five and then they go down the list. Uh, amen. If we imprison them and, and you, and your, and your imprisonment doesn't bother you and friends don't bother you and family doesn't bother you, then amen. If we even, 
say we're going to kill you. Amen. If they say, go ahead and kill me. They said that's a definable. They believe that. Amen. They're willing to go to the utmost extreme. Amen. I want to tell you, when you start developing a conviction, amen, there's always going to be resistance to those convictions. It'll start off with friends and family. It'll be familial pressure. Your family will try to tell you, do you really need to do that? Do you really need to go there? Amen. If you want to know whether or not it's conviction, you're going to have to be able to stand flat-footed and say, Mom, this is what I believe. Dad, this is what I believe. And then you're going to have to get around the people that you call peers. They might be your coworkers. They might be somebody else in your life. And you're going to have to tell them, no, you're not going to convince me otherwise. This is what I believe. There might be times where you're putting financial pressure, where you might lose your job. Amen. But you're going to have to tell that boss, this is a conviction. And you can fire me because my conviction is worth more than my money. And if it ever came to it, you can throw me in jail or put me on the gallows because I believe this to the fiber of my being. We need to develop convictions. Amen. Well, I go to church as long as it's easy. You don't have a conviction. I go to church as long as my family's cool with it. You don't have a conviction. I go to church as long as my friends are cool with it. You don't have a conviction. I'll go to church as long as it don't cost me no money. You don't have a conviction. I'll go to church as long as it's legal to go to church. You don't have a conviction. I want to tell you, some people that say, well, when they start lopping off heads, that's when I'm going to be the first in line and say, Jesus, you can take me home. Listen, listen, listen. If you can't live for God right now, you will never die for God. And heaven forbid that it ever happens in America like it happens in other countries. But if it ever happens, I hope to develop such a revival church full of conviction that you can stand flat-footed and say, I'm apostolic and you're not changing that. Amen. The way I live is the way I live. And you can do whatever you want to do to me, but I'm not changing that. Amen. What I believe is what I believe and you're not changing that. Come on. Hallelujah. I know we talk about serving God in the extremes, but you got a purpose in your heart right now. I'm going to have convictions today. Amen. As a pastor, I'm often faced with this thought. I don't want to offend people. You know, the Bible says offenses must come, but woe unto those that the offenses come through. There's some folks that got the gift of offense. They just love offending people. I mean, there's some folks that all they can do is get on social media and just offend everybody else. That's, that's not my job. That's not my goal. I don't want to offend anybody. However, if I have to choose offend you or offend God, I'm going to choose to offend you. If my beliefs and my convictions have to be an offense to somebody, come on, somebody, I've made it up in my mind. My convictions are not going to be an offense to God. I, I, if, if I have to choose, amen, I hope it's not that case, and typically it's not, but if I have to choose to live this apostolic Christian life, amen, and, 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 and potentially offend people, well, preacher, if you just change a little bit of this and change a little bit of that, we'd be interested in coming to your church. Amen, I, I want to tell you, as much as I want them to come to church, as much as I want them to be saved, amen, I, I'd, I'd rather not offend God. I'd rather not bother God. And so if that's the case, well, pastor, you should just ease up on preaching this and pastor you should let us do this and do that I'm sorry but I'm not trying to build another cultural church I'm trying to build a biblical church an apostolic church and is there anybody in ARC that's with me are you with me are you with me I 
I made it up in my mind. If we just grow one at a time, so be it. Amen. As long as those people are ready to come in and truly become biblical Christians. Amen. I'd love to see the thousands. But until I see the thousands, I'm going to keep bringing them one at a time. And I'm going to keep teaching them how to be a Christian according to the Bible. And I'm going to show them how to live a life of conviction. Man, somebody said, well, pastor, you know, that's kind of an, uh, an archaic thing. And do we really need to do that? Does that really matter? And I looked at him. I said, listen, I'm not trying to build a charismatic church. Yeah. If you want to go to a charismatic church, I'll direct you to one. That's not what I'm trying to do. And so uh, I gave them the decision. You can stay here. And obviously, anybody can come at any point. They can do whatever they want. That's fine as long as they're not offending or affecting anybody else. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. But let me just say this. As the pastor, you are not going to influence me. I've already determined what I believe. So there's some folks, when I first got here, they thought they were going to influence what I believe and change what I believe. I just let them know real quick, hey, listen, I've already come to that. I've already, I've already gone across that water. I've already, I've already burned that bridge. I'm not going back. I already know what I believe, and it's not changing. Amen. And, and, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I just told them, listen, if you're going to be in this church, here's what's going to happen. Amen. My convictions are going to affect your convictions. Your lack of convictions are not going to affect my convictions. Hallelujah. Convictions are necessary. Amen. In fact, this is why I'm preaching about it tonight. Convictions are the guardrails of life and of your Christianity. Amen. If you keep your convictions, your convictions will keep you. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. If you will keep your convictions, your convictions will keep you. In difficult times, your convictions will keep you. In hard times, your convictions will keep you. When you don't know what to do, if you've got convictions, you don't lean upon your understanding or your feeling. You lean back upon your convictions and you say, I made this decision when I was in my right mind. I decided to live this way. Uh, amen. With Hallelujah. It's much like getting married and you stand there before the pastor and you say uh, in sickness and in health, uh, what are you doing? Right now, everybody looks pretty. Right now, everybody's celebrating. Uh, but you were determining and purposing in your heart a conviction. We're going to stick this out. Uh, we're going to make this work. Uh, it's no different in the kingdom of God. Uh, when you create a conviction, you are saying uh, it's till death do us part. Uh, amen. When I made it up in my mind, uh, I'm going to live this way. Uh, when I made it up in my mind, uh, I'm going to dress this way. Uh, when I made it up in my mind. I'm going to serve God this way. Amen. I want to tell you it doesn't matter what kind of sickness comes. I'm leaning on my convictions. It doesn't it doesn't matter the hard times. It doesn't matter the broke times. It doesn't matter what I got to lose or what I gain. I made it up in my mind. This is a conviction and I'm not letting go of it. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. All across this building. In Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. A Christian that doesn't grow in their, a Christian that doesn't have convictions is not a Christian. If you say, well, Pastor, I don't have any convictions, you're not a Christian. Because you cannot, you cannot even read this Bible a few sentences without getting some convictions. First conviction you'll get from reading the Bible, in the beginning, God. It's more than just belief. I don't just believe God exists. I know God exists. I'm convicted of it. I'm convicted of it. I'm convicted of it. I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I know it. I know it to exist. I, I know that he, he was before all things, and by him all things consist. I, I have a conviction about that. 
It's not just that I, I, I listen to a few good debates on YouTube about people talking about creation versus evolution. No, I, I, I just, I opened up the book and I saw it, amen, and I believe. And I've got a conviction, and nobody's going to sway me over that conviction that God exists. A person that does not have convictions is somebody we would call an unbeliever. Secondly, a Christian that doesn't grow in their convictions is somebody we'd call biblically lukewarm. Amen. That's why Jesus said, you'd, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Amen. Go, go all the way extreme where you're gaining convictions uh, or go the other extreme where they're all gone. Uh, amen. There'll be somebody that just stays right in the middle. Uh, well, I've just been this way for 50 years and, and, and I don't feel, amen, any need to continue to grow in my convictions. Uh, I want to tell you, a Christian that does not grow in convictions is a lukewarm Christian. A Christian that lives opposite to convictions, uh, amen, but acts as if they live those convictions is what we would call a hypocrite. Hallelujah. Somebody who says something but does another. That's what we call an actor. That's what we call a hypocrite. A Christian who lets go of a conviction that they once held is what the Bible would call somebody who has compromised. A Christian that teaches the opposite of a conviction that they once held is what the Bible would call a reprobate. But a Christian that, that grows in their convictions is somebody that we would call a mature saint of God. Somebody that is saying, Lord, you, I got the Holy Ghost, and it might have been 25 years ago, but the Holy Ghost is still convicting me of sin. He's still convicting me of righteousness, and he's still convicting me of judgment. We are called to grow in our conviction. Amen. I, I'm getting where we're going. I'm almost done. Amen. But the Bible teaches us there's three kinds of convictions. Amen. There are biblical convictions. Everybody say biblical convictions. These are explicitly commanded in Scripture, and they demand immediate obedience. You cannot, you cannot ignore biblical convictions. Amen. And then there are, and I don't have time. You can go back. I taught on convictions. I taught on this. You can go back and listen to it, uh, if you'd like to, or you can talk to me later. I'll get you my notes. Amen. But then there are what we call corporate convictions. These are church convictions, Bible convictions, amen, that are, that are what we call precepts. Amen. We don't have the explicit thou shalt not, but we have these precepts and these principles that we build on, and that's how we organize in the kingdom and how we organize in the body. Uh, amen. This is what we call standards. We set as a standard. Amen. What is a standard? In the biblical times, a standard was a banner or flag. This was used by a nation or people to identify themselves, amen, as being part of that nation. This is reflected practically, amen. Can I give somebody a practical about the apostolic church? How we dress is a practical way of seeing a, a, a corporate conviction, amen, seeing a principled conviction, amen. Practically speaking, we are saying we belong to this body of believers. We belong. This is the standard we upheld. This is the way that we live. Amen. It's not just something I declare on Sunday, but I declare it when I'm on the job. I declare it when... I declare it when the pastor's around and when the pastor's not around. I do it when nobody's watching and I do it when everybody's watching. These are convictions that the Bible holds to. And then the third type is what we call personal convictions. Personal convictions or household convictions or traditional convictions. Notice Samson. Samson was born and the, and the angel told him, you're going to make him a Nazarite. 
he's going to have to live by a set of convictions. Samson wasn't even born yet, and his family adopted, amen, some convictions for their household. There's just some things we're not going to do, and there's some things that we are going to do. Can I just talk to the family? Amen. We talk about consecration, amen, about removing things from the home, amen, but I want to tell you, every household has also got to start developing some personal family convictions that they prayed about, and they're going to say, as for me and my house, there's just some things that we're going to do. There's just some things that we're not going to do amen these personal convictions are prompted by the Holy Ghost in the individual lives due to the unique background of each believer and may not have relevance let me let me just really emphasize this they may not have relevance on any other believer hallelujah and everybody said amen well pastor I can't believe some people in the church celebrate Christmas don't you know Samaramas and Listen, I've heard every argument there is. But let me just give you some Bible. Paul said, one man esteems one day above another, and another man esteems all days alike. Let everyone be fully persuaded or convicted in their own mind. And he that regards the day, they regard it unto the Lord. And he that does not regard the day, he does not regard it unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So what's the biblical principle? There are some things, uh, amen, that you have determined because you're your unique background. Uh, amen. Maybe you came out of Catholicism and you're just really against certain things. Uh, amen. God bless you for that. Grow in your convictions. Uh, amen. But here's the greater conviction. Uh, we don't have disunity in the body. Uh, we don't have disconnection in the body. Uh, which means if there ever comes a time between uh, my personal conviction, uh, amen, and I rub against your personal conviction uh, and we cannot find it in the Bible and we cannot find it in the principles of the scripture and it's not being taught from the pulpit. Uh, here's what we do God bless you for your conviction I'm going to let you be you and you go ahead and let me be me and I'm going to let the Holy Ghost lead you and you let the Holy Ghost lead me and maybe if you're right about this the Holy Ghost will let me get there and maybe you're just further along than I am and you're a better Christian can I preach to somebody I'll preach it real good maybe you're a better Christian than I am but give me time amen I'm, I'm going to pastor because I know far too many times in the church, including this one, where people have tried to come up to new people and tell them what they need to do. That's not your job. I, I, Brother Worley, he, he does a lot of remodels. Amen. He does electrical plumbing. Never once have I showed up on his job site and said, you need to do that a little different. Why? I'm not a professional. Amen. Elder Worley was, a, was an auto mechanic. I don't even know what the parts on the car are. I've never walked up to him and said, you know, you should move that part over here. Amen. In other words, amen, you have a specific gift and calling. Amen. And, and, and somebody who knows nothing about that specific gift and calling is not going to come up to you and tell you how to do it. Maybe they might, but they're wrong for it. Amen. And, and the same thing's true in the church. Amen. I am called to lead the body. I'm just pastoring real quick. I am called to lead the body. I'm called to teach the scriptures. I'm called to expound, and I do it. I have multiple Bible studies a week with new people, and I'm working on them. And my wife's working on them. And there's leaders in the church working on them. Amen. But you don't need to step in and start, amen, uh, circumventing the process and try to tell them, well, you need to worry about this. I, I know. I'm preaching real good to somebody. Amen. They said, well, you need to start dressing this way. Hey, listen. Right now, they're trying to get off drugs. Is this all right? Is this all right? Right now, they're just trying to, right now, they're just trying to change their lifestyle. Just let them be. Let them be. Let them be. Let them grow. Let them grow. And if it's a conviction, the Holy Ghost will give it to them. And if it's a conviction, I'll preach it to them. And if it's a Oh, somebody else, clap your hands. Come on. 
Come on, somebody ought to clap your hands. Come on, somebody ought to say, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, so there, there's times where, well, I, I, really, I really feel strongly about this. I know it. I know it. We all know that person in the church that wants to go tell everybody their weird theology. Just look straight ahead. Well, I was reading in the book of this, and I found this. Okay, great. Great for you. But there are people that think it's their personal mission to go around and tell people all their weird theologies, but they've never taught one Bible study. That's all right. My wife's gone, so I can get in as much trouble as possible. So, <laughs> amen. And no, nobody's looking at me like, hey. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know people, they always, well, I, I have this weird prophecy, and I have this, amen, but, but they've never taught anybody how to repent and be baptized and, and pray them through the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, that is a prerequisite. Amen. You, you can't go around sharing your weird, and I'm, not, nobody here, just act like it's somebody else. Amen. Uh, you can't go around sharing your weird ideologies, theologies, and maybe, quote, unquote, convictions if you are not currently sharing with somebody how, amen, they need to be saved. Is this all right? How do you create those convictions, though? Those personal ones. Now, those biblical ones, those corporate ones. I want to tell you that we, I read two scriptures, two passages. You find two groups. You find the Rechabites, and you find the children of Israel, the children of Jacob. And in both of those conditions, in both of those circumstances, amen, there was something that happened. Well before they were ever born. Amen. Something that happened to their great, 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 great grandfather. And that great grandfather had an encounter with God. And from that encounter, it created a conviction. I want to just talk to the church here today uh, that every person that's maturing as a Christian, you ought to be maturing in your convictions. Uh, and every time God moves, uh, whether it's at church, uh, in a prayer meeting, or when you read your Bible, every time God is moving, uh, I want to tell you what the Spirit's doing, what the operation of the Holy Ghost is doing. Uh, he is creating moments uh, for you to gain and to grow in your convictions. Every time God moves in church, it's not just to feel good. Amen. I want to tell you, it does feel good. But the Holy Ghost is saying you can come a little further. You can come a little higher. Amen. Every time God moves, He's trying to create convictions that will change your lineage, that will change your family, that will change your eternity. This is why every time you come to church, you want to say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, convict me. Lord, move on me every time you pray and the Holy Ghost begins to move it could very well be that God is trying to pull you closer to him and give you a conviction that will last somebody lift up your hands and let's pray come on let's pray hallelujah come on let's pray we all must mature in our convictions Jacob had an encounter with God and it changed the way he walked. This is why God does this to us. He moves on us. Because if it'll change the way we live, he knows it will change the way our kids act. And it will change the next generation. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, you keep living for God. 
You just keep serving God. You keep walking with God. Amen. Because they will see that. And, 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 and it was so, so obscure of a thing. Amen. And in fact, again, most people skip over it. To, amen. That they don't even realize, you know, there's not one other scripture in the Bible. Not one other scripture in the Bible that says, do not eat this part of the thigh. There's no command from God that says don't eat of this part. But they said, you know what? Because there was an encounter from God, because there was a moment where God began to work on Jacob, our grandfather Jacob. They made it up in their mind, we're going to do this. Amen. As We're going to have this conviction as a reminder of what we were before God touched Jacob. And we're, we're going to, you're going to set this up. This is the same concept of every time, amen, they crossed the river, God said set up some stones as a memorial. It's it's, it's a literal vi vi vision of a conviction uh, that when your children ask you what meaneth these stones, uh, you'll be able to tell them one day, uh, amen, before Christ, uh, one day I was lost in sin, uh, one day I was blind, uh, one day I was addicted, one day... You keep coming to church. You set up memorials. You set up those stones. And one day the kids will ask you, why do we go to church? And you can remind them one day I was strung out. One day I was lost. One day. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God some praise. Let's stand across the building. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Ghost moves on us. Amen. Because he wants to create convictions in our life. God wants to keep creating convictions in your life. What to do, what not to do, and how to know the difference. Somebody pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Even while I'm preaching and teaching this tonight, there's some folks that God's been speaking to you. Amen. And God's been speaking to you for a while. Hallelujah. You know the beautiful thing about letting the Holy Ghost move on you? You don't need, you don't need chapter and verse for everything. When God convicts you, God convicts you. I always tell new people, I'm like, listen, I can give you chapter and verse for all sorts of stuff. But you know, and I will, I do. But you know it's also important for you to pray. For you to pray and get, get in that altar and get so wrecked in that altar that you get up and you limp for the rest of your life and you worship leaning on your staff. <laughs> what meaneth this limp? I'll tell you what it means. God moved on me. You know, if I, I know I've been in churches, Brother Jonathan, I've been places where I've talked with people, amen, and, and I ask them, well, why do you believe this and why do you believe that? And they've said, well, because my pastor told me to. Please don't let that ever be your response. Amen. If, you're, if your response is because my pastor told me to, amen, although it's good enough for you to do it. Just going to throw that out there. It's a good enough reason for you to do it. But if you say, well, I do it because well, pastor told me to, that means I'm not doing my job as a pastor. That means you've not grown to the place, amen, and matured enough in your convictions, amen, where, where, where now it's, well, I do it because uh, the pastor told me to. I do it because everybody else does it. No. There, and, and listen, those are all good, valid reasons for you to do things. But the real benefit of praying until God speaks to you and getting a hold of it for yourself is this. I've asked those people, well, well what, what, what makes you, why do you do this? Well, my pastor told me to, okay? That means the moment the pastor stops telling them to, Well, the, and I'll, I'll say this, the moment that I as a pastor were to get up and say, you know what, everything goes. There are some people in this building that do not, have not matured in convictions. They do not have convictions of their own. They'd say, sweet, finally, quote unquote, freedom. But the truth is, I understand it's bondage. That's why I'm going to keep preaching and teaching it. Pastor gets up and says, everything goes. There's churches that have done this. 
There's guys where they, and I'm just, uh, this is Wednesday night. We're all, we're it's all home folk right here. Amen. There's pastors that got up, amen, they showed up to a midweek service. Their wife completely butched her hair. And they said, we don't believe this anymore. And by the next service, the church came back and all the women were looking the same. These are apostolic churches. They're still doing it today. But that lets me know where the real issue was. There was no conviction in the people. And listen, if, I, if it's a conviction that I have to keep telling you, telling you, telling you, I'm going to have to keep telling you. And you'll never get it for yourself. Well, you know what? Nobody's here. I'm on vacation. I'm going to dress however I want. No church folk. Hey, listen, that just lets me know you don't have a conviction. That just lets everyone, that lets God know where you're really at. Is this all right? Just pastoring a little bit. Praise God. But when you pray to the place where you get a conviction from God, that means it don't, listen, there's, you, you will, I'm the pastor. I don't just do this stuff because I'm the pastor. I just want you to know that. Well, he does it because he's like a professional Christian. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not a professional Christian. I'm working at it. I do this because I went to an altar. And I had a moment with God. Well, pastor, you just go to church because you're the pastor. No, I, I'll tell you right now, if I, I went to church when I wasn't the pastor. I went to every prayer meeting. I went to every event. I went to every altar call. I went to every special service. I was there before them. I was closing up after them. Not because the pastor told me to, but because I had a conviction. Pastor, you're just dancing because you're because because you like the music. No, I've I've danced when I don't like the music. Amen. But I've got a conviction that when I come into the house of the Lord, I've got to come in with thanksgiving and with praise. Pastor, you're just preaching like that because it's your it's your habit. No, I'm preaching with passion because I'm trying to pull you out of the fire. I've got a conviction that I can't just give you a sermonette and I can't just give you a TED talk, but I've got to try to reach. If you get it for yourself, Jacob, you will never walk the same. And the best part is, none of your kids will. Did you know, the Rechabites, God sent a prophet and said, the Lord told me to tell you to drink wine. This is what a conviction will do for you. A prophet showed up and said, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. Preacher shows up and said, you don't need to do that anymore. Pastor says, you know what, church, we don't need to do that anymore. Little did they know this was a lesson for Jeremiah. Amen. God, God knew they were going to hold to their convictions. And when he said it before them, they said, oh, no, we're not doing that. And he said, well, why? They didn't say, well, because, uh, uh, because you know, the, 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 the pastor keeps uh, harping on it. No, they said, we don't do that because generations ago, generations ago, generations ago, amen, they're dead and gone, but they had an encounter. And in that encounter, they made a commitment to the Lord that me that as for me and my house we're not doing this apostolic revival center there are some things that we do as a church that it's that really if you were to boil it down say where's that come from i know guys that try to make bible verses up there's some things that just you don't have bible for you know there's guys that try to uh try to try to we call it isogeet amen i call it isogeet you grab one scripture and throw it as far as you can and try to get it to another one. <laughs> and they don't have a Bible for it. Elders, is this all right? Is it, am I telling the truth? There's some things you... Now, we, we do have principles and precepts, but there are some things that were decided after days and weeks of prayer and fasting. You know, the men that stood up and said, we're not going to have television in our homes. We're done with entertainment. 
there was no Netflix. There was no Hulu. But there wasn't even Leave It to Beaver. It didn't even have color. But they prayed and the Holy Ghost said, if you let that in, you're going to let the world into your homes. And listen, there are people today, it is worse today than it ever was, that are saying, oh, no big deal. Let's cancel church for the Super Bowl. Let's, you know what, let's have youth movie night. I, this is all right. I'm just using, we're all home folk here. I'm just, you know what, anybody on the internet that wants to be a keyboard warrior, go for it. I don't care. But the truth is, people have not prayed to the level that the previous generations have prayed, and they're letting go of convictions that they don't understand because they've not prayed deep enough to get an encounter for themselves. But I want to encourage us, please, if you want to be a growing, maturing Christian, every day of your life, you ought to be growing in your convictions. You know, when you get closer to the holiness of God, it shouldn't make you less holy. It shouldn't make you, it shouldn't make you more like the world. It should make you look more like Jesus. The longer you come to church, you shouldn't look less like Jesus. You should... You should be looking and more like you. Again, this goes beyond just the physical. I'm talking about in your in your actions. If you are still mean and rude to people, amen, I want to tell you, you need to pray until you get a conviction about mercy and being kind to people. Amen. I want to tell you, I, I was, I was, and I'm just going to, I'm done here. I, I was, I was listening to a podcast, amen, because that's the generation we live in, podcast generation. And, uh, you know, it wasn't sinful. They weren't disseminating information that was bad. But I, I was, I was mowing my grass. And the Holy Ghost came on me and said, get that out of your ear. There's, give me chapter and verse, Lord. <laughs> Explain to me how this is damaging to, my, to, my, to who I am. No. I said, delete. You know how you can do that if you keep maturing as a Christian? It's like when you first get saved and the Holy Ghost says, you need to get rid of that music. You need, to get, you need to stop hanging out with those people. And you just start making those steps. It's not big steps. It's just little steps. I'm done listening to that kind of music. I'm done, I'm done hanging out with those kind of people. I'm, and, 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 and this is how the walk with God should keep going. And here you are 20-something years later, and you can't just rest back and say, I'm finally convicted as they can be. No, it's now all of a sudden the Holy Ghost will say, you know what, uh, you were a little sharp with your neighbor. Uh, you need to go over and be kind to him. And you let the Holy Ghost convict you about that. And then the Holy Ghost will say, you know what, uh, that does not please me. You need to delete that app off your phone. And the Holy Ghost uh, convicts you, and you keep taking those steps. Uh, why? I'm getting closer to Jesus. And as they get closer to Jesus, there's just some things. They may not be evil, but they're a weight that is easily besetting us. And I want to have an encounter with God that creates convictions. I'm done. Would you lift up your hands? Uh, singers, if you could come. We're going to pray all across this building. Come on. Tonight can be one of those nights where you say, God help me to I hope nobody I'm not trying to condemn anybody I, I really hope that doesn't hurt anybody's heart I, I really want you to amen to, 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 to strive to live for God and, and to be passionate about living for God amen but as you as you live for God a little while it's easy to step back and just say well I've gone as far as I can go and this is all there is no there's more and God's got greater convictions and every time he moves it's trying to create a conviction in your life would you come down to the altar and let's pray Come on, let's pray. Come on. 
Maybe you're here today and there's a lot of things you do for God. I want, come on, let's come down to the altar. Everybody come down. We're going to pray until we get a conviction in our heart. I want to tell you, come to the altars. Amen, a conviction. Amen. Coming to pray is a conviction. You need to get that in your heart. Amen. If you're going to be a successful Christian, you're going to need to pray about some things. You're going to need to lay some things down on the altar. It's got to become a conviction. Maybe it's some convictions you've let go. You need to pray that God would resurrect them in your life. Maybe there's some convictions that the Lord's been dealing with you about to develop. You need to pray the peace and the grace of God to help you to develop those convictions in a practical way. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't understand everything that's all right you don't have to understand everything but if you let god move on you i promise you god will give you a conviction come on let's pray all across this building hallelujah lord hallelujah lord so somebody pray in the holy ghost somebody's about to get up from this place amen they're going to walk a little different than they were walking they're going to serve God a little different than they were serving God. Amen. They're going to know. They're going to feel convicted about what not to do. They're going to feel convicted about what they need to be doing. And they're going to be convicted about other things that other people don't know anything about. All I have within me, I give you Come on, somebody needs to pray. Come on. Why do you live the way you live? Come on, is it just because somebody told you to? Or do you pray to the place where you got a conviction for yourself? Come on, do you worship the way you worship because just everybody else does it or because you got a conviction about worship? Come on. Are you a giver because you have to be or did you get a conviction about it? Come on, do you dress the way you dress and live the way you live because you have to? Or is it because God has touched you and God has changed you? Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Come on, somebody pray. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. Somebody pray. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Let that be your prayer tonight. God, you can, you can do whatever you want to do in my life. You can speak whatever you want to speak, God. You can convict about whatever you want to convict, God. It might be personal. It might just be for me. It might just be because you know my failings and you know my fallings. But Lord, I want to listen to your voice and listen to the leading of your spirit. Amen. Come on, somebody pray right now. Somebody's going to get an encounter. Somebody's going to get an encounter that changes them tonight. With all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I is in you. 
my soul. I live for you, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way with me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your Come on, let's say, let's pray. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Come on. Jacob's wrestling against it. You got to wrestle your convictions. You got to wrestle them until you get them. All I have within me, I give you praise. And all that I adore is in you. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands and sing this. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my Let that be your prayer tonight. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have One more time in the name of Jesus. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. 
Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, I want somebody to go down memory lane. Come on, do you remember when God first convicted you about some things? It wasn't a condemning spirit. It wasn't a bad feeling. No, it was just, it, you felt like God was leading you closer to Him. It was like God was leading you to be better. It was like God was leading you able to become more than you are. Anybody remember that? Somebody pray right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to stop having those encounters. You don't have to stop having those moments. Hallelujah. Every time God moves can be one of those moments. Hallelujah. I can, I can remember. You know, there's times where I, I had God speak to me. And again, conviction is not condemnation. Conviction is God pulling us out. Condemnation is saying you've done too bad. Stay where you are. You can't come up. That's what can condemnate. Conviction. I, I remember when I first got saved, God convicted. I was at a party after Wednesday night church. So for the person that's getting ready to go to the party with Bacardi, praise God. Amen. Pastor got done preaching. I was new. Forgive me. I went to my brother's house. They were partying. I walked in. Everybody's smoking weed. Everybody's drinking. I just sat down. Amen. Sat down and started watching whatever they were watching. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you don't belong here. You're a Christian now. And I stood up. I didn't need much prodding. I stood up and said, all right, I'm out of here. My brother said, where are you going, bro? I said, the Holy Ghost said, I don't belong here anymore. That's a newborn Christian who's being led by conviction. You know, my brother followed me out of the party. And he got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then there's those other times. I was sitting down in my parents' living room. And they had the television going, watched a movie. And the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and said, you don't need to be watching that. Pastor had never preached on it at that point. At least that I'd heard. So you don't need to be. And I was like Jacob. I started wrestling with it. Anybody? Hallelujah. There's some things you just step out of. And there's other things you got to wrestle with. And there's times where I, I obeyed God. And there was times I didn't obey God. But you know what? You just keep trying. You keep wrestling with it. And eventually you walk away different. Well, all of a sudden I start going to work. Hey, did you see this? And I could tell him honestly, no, I haven't. I, I still have Bible studies today. Pastor, have you seen this new thing? Oh, it reminds me of the Bible study we're talking about. And I think, my goodness, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but my Bible doesn't. Yeah, that's not how, that's, that's not how Noah went. They tell me about it. And, but you know, I can honestly say, I walked away different. I walked away different. I had to wrestle with it, but I walked away different. And there's just times where I was in the altar. I was praying, and the Holy Ghost began to speak to me about not just things to not do, but some things I needed to start doing. You know what? It, it's time to stop being so inconsistent in your prayer life. It's time to stop talking about the Bible and start reading it. It's time to go find somebody and tell them about Jesus. And I'll never forget those moments. And there's people all across the room. You know exactly. You felt it. And the Holy Ghost said, go! And you just said, you might have had to wrestle with it a little bit, but you went. 
and you are forever changed. Here's my encouragement tonight. Don't stop letting your convictions grow. Every time. Never say this is as far as I'm going to go. Amen? Just keep letting your convictions grow. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. We thank you here tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit convicts us of sin. Tells us what we should abstain from and not do. I thank you for the Holy Ghost that also will compel us and convict us, amen, just as strongly of things that we need to do. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the, 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 the conviction of judgment that comes that just helps us in our own personal lives as we're walking through life to know the right way to go. And I pray, Lord, that that spirit that fills us tonight in this service, I pray, God, that as we go home, that that same spirit would go home with us. As we go on the job, that same spirit would go with us, God. And Lord, although some things may not make sense to us in the moment, I pray, God, give us all obedient hearts that we would follow the leading of the Holy Ghost in conviction. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Shake hands. Be friendly. Love one another. You don't want to miss Sunday. Come on. Come ready. In Jesus' name. Bring somebody with you and go in the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Love you all.